Uh, look, at normally I don't say anything to open up. I'm going to just, let me just say a couple things real quick. Because I probably have a pretty good idea at some of the questions. Um, first thing I would say is um, it's never good, and we know this is a defense, to give up 36 points. It's hard to win games in this league. Uh, I will say that there's been an extreme focus on it. The players have taken ownership. The coaches have taken ownership. It needs to get better. Um, you know, it begins with a lot of things. I mean, the basic football in the red zone, which is just kind of burr up and man up, like we say. So uh, the run defense, hopefully it'll make us better going forward. Uh, but what we're putting out there right now, obviously, is not good enough. I think we all know. Finally, it is Friday morning, and it is show and BK on the Chiefs Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Steve Sert is in the building, too. I'm going to tell you all right now, fellas, I'm a little spicy. I'm a little spicy. I'm a little pissed off because the, the, the Chiefs have made me look really bad. I said there's no way that they could lose to the Ravens, and they promptly did. There, and it just looked really bad for me, so I'm a little annoyed. And I, I could see you right now, BK. Yeah, I said it wouldn't. I would say never, never. Well, it, the game went exactly how I thought it was until a few people threw middle fingers up. So I'm not going to rehash that garbage. But I'm a little spicy today, so. So buckle up, fellas. I'm just I'm just letting you know that. I hope you guys are doing all right. I hope you Steve, you look really pretty today, by the way. I love your love your books that you have in the background. I hate your guts, Steve. I really do. I hate your guts. I really do. by popular demand. You know, if you're gonna leave a review. And you're going to give us five stars and request that I drop in. I'm going to drop in. And I wanted to make it very clear, Ron, you've been a great uh, employee so far. I, I love <laughs> I love being your boss. But here's the thing. I hired you to come in and, and be on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. What I didn't hire was the show Curse. What I didn't hire was you coming on this podcast network given a 0.000% chance for the Chiefs to lose this game. And then they go and lose. <laughs> Unbelievable. Pete, let's get a couple of things straight. First off, we're partners. You're not hiring me. This is a partnership. I don't think that uh, agreed, one of the things we agreed to is you're not just popping in. Serta, <laughs> I hate your guts. We'll deal with this later because you have the power and you set this up. All right. Listen, I understand. I owe all of you. Two rounds of drinks. I, re- I remember the bet, and I'm a man of my word, and I will get you all. And God, why I, did I include? Pete? I mean, I the, the words, the words all and the words all and night were in the tweet. I, I do remember that. And I'm it, not I, expecting like Bush Light at a dive bar. I'm thinking like SOT cocktails. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm expecting a nice night out with my guy Ron the yeah. Show Hughley. Maybe Monarch. You look up and there's the crystal butterflies and and mm-hmm. whatnot. I mean, we got, we got that Houston money, baby. We are, we are going to be rolling. Hey, he's got style. that afternoon show money. That's right. Uh, I mean, that's oh God, I hate all. All this. right, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you guys to your devices. Love the show. Remember, remember though that I'll, I'll say it again. I hired the show, not the show. Curse. Let's keep that in mind, boys. Have you a good show. Stop hiring. You're not my boss. God, dog. <laughs> you let him with an Al Borland flannel shirts that he keeps wearing. You just. I didn't have anything to do with it. He has a he has a backdoor management editor in chief access to Streamyard. Sort of shut up. 
You played the music. <laughs> Pete didn't find his old music. God, man. I don't even uh, know where he found that at. That's amazing, really. Right. I mean, it. I, we, I felt we lost all of that when Intercom was hacked and they like took every single ounce of our data. But apparently, apparently, the one thing that was uh, that remains is is his backdoor entry music. I thought I thought we lost all of that when I got fired. But whatever, just this is just. Whatever. I'm, you know what? I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let Peter annoy me because I'm 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 focused and uh and the partnership that me and Pete have agreed with because I'm not working for him, I'm working with him. The partnership that we have agreed upon um causes me to give the people what they want. And and and, and let's jump it off here. Listen, uh God, I hate you, Pete. Um listen, I, I I'm very surprised, disappointed, slash slash concern with the Chiefs right now. I've boasted about this. I've said this about this on this podcast. I've said the Chiefs this year are pissed. They're going to be a team on a mission, and their mission is what you saw in the Super Bowl was not us. That was not the Kansas City Chiefs. We had to play Mike Rimmers. We had to play Wiley out of position. We had to do that. That's not us. And on national TV, we got embarrassed and gave – Tom Brady is seventh ring. That's not us. And we're going to come out all 17 of these games and show everybody that we're on a mission and we're the best team and we should be back-to-back champions going for a three-peat. That's what I thought. So I thought we were going to see a level of focus that you normally wouldn't see from a great from a team that's been to the Super Bowl two years in a row. We thought I thought you were going to see a team that cared about regular season games just to let everybody know who we are. BK, sort of, these jokers look like it takes them about, an, uh, at least in the first game, took them about a, a quarter to get there in the first game of the season at home with fans back in Arrowhead. They were lackadaisical at times against the Ravens. They're making mistakes, errors. There's blown coverages. And, and these guys have played together. Tyron Matthew and, 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 and Charvarius Ward and Dan Sorensen are in the back end, have no idea why Hollywood Brown is 30 yards away from everybody else because they don't know what's going on. They've lacked focus. They've lacked, like, caring or, or – I mean, it, it, the slow starts and everything. It's just very surprising to me that this team has come out not in the way that I thought they would, that they're, they're playing every game like, oh, we'll – We'll turn it on, and I, I thought this would be this would be a team that was ready and chomping at the bit to show everybody who the Chiefs are, and they haven't done it. I'm surprised by this. So it's interesting because I I think you can make a case offensively that they've been almost exactly what we thought they were in the passing game. Like the passing game has basically been what I thought it was going to be. It's been great. I thought for the majority of that game prior to his interception. That was as well as I've seen Patrick Mahomes play in a in a Chiefs uniform. I thought he was playing a damn near perfect game against the Ravens. He was awesome in that one for about 55 minutes or so. And then you had the interception. He was trying to do too much, and you move forward from that. But otherwise, I, Mahomes was awesome. Kelsey did exactly what I expected him to do. I was thinking for the majority of that game, I was going to come onto this show and say, hey, you know, the secondary pass catchers that I have been critical of all offseason showed up, showed up in a big way, man. Byron Pringle, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, all with some big moments in that game. Credit where it's due, those guys stepped up. 
Chiefs have scored now 35 and 33 in back-to-back games. That's what I expected out of this offense. The problem is the defense is so incredibly bad right now. They are playing at such an extraordinarily low level that it's taking away from what you're seeing offensively and what we should be celebrating, which is Tyreek Hill, almost 200 yards receiving in week one. Travis Kelsey looking exactly like we expected him to in week two. Mahomes going back-to-back 340-yard passing performances. Instead, we're coming on here today, and the first thing we have to talk about is, man, how disappointed, how, how concerned are you about this team right now Because this is looking a whole heck of a lot like the 2018 Chiefs that had to play from behind because their defense was so bad. And you got into that Seahawks game and it looked ugly. You get into the playoffs and you can't stop Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game. That's what the concern level is right now. And we have not been at this place at any point, really, in my opinion, since Steve Spagnuolo took over. This is the worst that his unit has looked at any point in time. Well, I would agree with that, but you you don't you're not sensing and feeling a, a bit of we can turn it on, turn it off, like even the offense. Like I, I mean, it's still not it's still off. It, it's still something to where you the running I, game you, the running game's the, off. Yeah, but well, I the running say, game. Yeah, that, I would say that they played an entire regular season like that last season, where yeah, no, they, I would they agree. were they were you know, lacks early in games and then turning it on when they had to. And I understand the offseason, the offensive line rebuild, everything that you're going through to try to get back to a Super Bowl. But I still think there's this perception that's kind of deep-rooted amongst the teammates that when you have Patrick Mahomes and he's incredible and he's not going to be flawless every single game as we saw with that bad interception, which... I still think if he didn't get rolled over, he would have just nailed Kelsey in the chest with that of because he's done did. things like that before. But he got rolled over and threw a bad pass and it got intercepted. I still think there's this deep-rooted, like, subconscious thing amongst some of these players that are like, we can get in bad situations and Pat's always going to bring us back and we're always going to win. And that's a dangerous mentality to have in the NFL, because while so he sorta, is special, so sorta, while you're he does it it. over and over again, it just seems like this is the same circumstances that we were finding ourselves in last season, except the defense is way worse. So, Serta, you're feeling that because I, I, I feel like I thought they're going to come out just bum rush teams. There is a but see, there is a lack of focus at times to me, too. Like when we talk about defensively, they just they just blow assignments like they just have guys that just. They just aren't – there's like a confusion thing. Sometimes it's not a, a talent thing. It's just a, oh, we didn't know where we were going to be. Like, like I don't know what the game plan is. Like, I, I'm not sh- – like, I got to believe Chris Jones and them went over what the hell we're going to be doing in zone in zone reads and in and, 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 and QB, QB run situations and in option situations, and they just seem to flush it down the t- toilet. They had wide open guys running all the time. Like, I mean, the hell, the first drive, Sammy Watt, is running open and, and you could tell there's a miscommunication there I, I don't know I just thought there would be a level of focus and 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 I think offensively too they just have some lapses sometimes where in the run game maybe that's it but they're just in they're, they're from from there's just some drives where it's like uh all right but we'll do like I just the level of focus is to me concerning because here's my thing BK I'm starting to wonder, is it me having too high of expectations for this team and thinking that this team is 
better than maybe I think they are? Or like we're looking at this and it's like, no, maybe maybe the Browns and the Ravens are just a lot closer to the to the Chiefs than maybe I give credit for. And the Chiefs can't just turn their A game on and just blow teams away. So I I like I, I I'm trying to figure out maybe I'm just over-evaluating how good the Chiefs are and that these they're much closer to these other teams. I mean, they, they've been the best offense in the NFL so far this year. If you're going by any of the numbers, they have the best drive success rate in the league. They're first in points per drive. If you're looking at touchdown per drives, they're number one in that category. They scored a t- touchdown on 47% of their drives so far. They don't yet have a three and out on the season. The one place where they definitely could improve is in the red zone. I'm talking offensively. We'll get to the red zone defensively here in a little bit. That's been atrocious. But offensively, they're middle of the pack right now in terms of what they're doing once they get into the red zone. You could definitely say that's a place where they need to improve. But overall, I've been pretty happy with what the offense has been, at least through the year. The running game leaves a lot to be desired, and that's really frustrating for me as someone who thought that was going to be the biggest place of emphasis coming into the season. But Overall, I've I've basically been as expected offensively. The place where I think that things have gone awry is on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's why it doesn't feel like they're bum-rushing teams right now. I mean, if you had 90% of the league, if they were scoring 33 and 35 points in back-to-back games, they're probably winning those games by double-digit points. The problem is that the Chiefs' defense has been so bad so far that that's what it takes for this team to even be in games, much less to win them. You had to score 30-plus points to beat Cleveland. You had to score 37 points to end up beating Baltimore in that game. That shouldn't be the requirement. That should be the hope if you're a Chiefs fan. And yet it feels like we're back to 2018 where, man, if this team doesn't score 35-plus points, you might not win because that's where the defense is at right now. So it's it's more to me about the defense and the offense. Yeah, obviously the the defense has more to blame, but I just think overall as a team, the mindset just isn't the same. I think there's some hidden things like the defense, you know, put points on the board in this last game, which helped them get to 35. Like this offense scored 28 and the defense had two turnovers in this game and scored one in the first game against Cleveland. They're, their punter inexplicably dropped a ball that was snapped right to him in the red zone. Like this offense has also had additional help. I'm telling you what, you we can say a lot of things about the defense, and the defense has sucked ass straight up. But I'm telling you right now, if this offense, you give them a score to kick off the game, get an additional turnover, like this is they're gonna overwhelm the Ravens, right? A, a team that that's got like you would think they're going to overwhelm the Ravens. And there were just moments in that second half where, or hell in the game throughout just their mindset. Right. I think the numbers and everything are right. BK, you, you rolled them off. They were good. Hell, I didn't even know some of those, but, but like them not having a three and out this year, but, but just overall the mindset and the approach from the team, they just seem like a lot closer to what Serta was saying to last year's group of, We'll, you know, we'll win. We can flip it. We'll, 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 we'll get there. As you said, Pat will save us. Like somebody will make a play instead of, God, we got embarrassed in the Super Bowl on national TV. Let's come out and send a message and let everybody know you must have forgot who is the team and what team should be a dynasty. And it looks like they're just 
just playing with folks. And maybe they're just playing with folks like that because this is who they really are, and they're not a team that's just going to overwhelm people. And defensively, I, what you're saying makes sense. But I I don't know. I just their overall mindset is is not what I thought it was going to be this year. Yeah, I think some of this is the opponent as well. Like it, I, I know we get into this a lot, and a lot of people will say, oh, if you just run the ball effectively against the Chiefs, that's how you end up beating them. No, that's not how it works at all. It's not just the running game. I think one thing that we've lost sight of is what the running game allows you to do. It limits possessions, and that's what's important. Like, if you just look at this numerically, right? Hey, uh, Ron, if you were an underdog, would you rather play the opposing team best out of uh, seven or best in one individual game? You're the underdog. Which one yeah. would you prefer to be? Yeah. One game, yeah, right? One game. Absolutely. So if you're the lesser team, which I believe the Ravens to be, I think we're all on the same page there. I think the Chiefs are the better team than the Ravens, even though that's not what the score indicated in the most, this most recent game. You want fewer possessions because fewer possessions increases the variance of the game. It means that there's more likely to be a weird outcome as opposed to if you have 100 possessions, the Chiefs are more likely to be better at the end of those 100 possessions. What they were able to do in the second half, Baltimore specifically, is they had that 14-play, 68-yard drive, which took eight minutes off the clock. That randomizes things. When you're able to do that against the Chiefs, you make them have fewer possessions. And so when they have three straight bad possessions in the second half, the way that they did, where you had the weird interception, then they punted. That was a terrible drive by them. That was probably their worst drive of that game, honestly. And then they start driving the ball, and suddenly, boom, you've got the fumble. Game over from there. That's what I think is different about these specific matchups that you had the first couple of weeks. It's not just the running game. It's the way that that's able to limit possessions against the Chiefs. That's what you want to do. And the Ravens did it really effectively, specifically in the second half. And I think that made us feel worse about the offense because they only touched the ball five times in that second half. And that's that's a big part of it. Well, they've got a Chargers team coming in this week that just lost at home to a deplete, to a depleted Dallas Cowboys team that had issues all around the park. And, and the Chiefs should be annoyed. Again, on national TV, they lost a game they shouldn't have lost. They had a, a, an 11-point lead in the fourth quarter. They lost a game they should not have lost. On TV, a team in, in the Ravens, the Ravens have been getting their flowers all week because they beat the Chiefs. This should be a game where the Chiefs, the Chiefs should have a total uh, focus and we should see this mindset that I thought we'd see this year, and we'll see against the Chargers. This is a game where it's at home, Arrowhead coming back. I I would expect, with how good I believe the Chiefs are, that they would blow this away, that or or at least that they would like like, like this this game would see a a level. No, I'm I'm right. They would blow this team away if this is the Chiefs. If they're as good as I think they are. And, and we'll see what kind of mindset and attitude they have in this game. See, I think you're underestimating the opponent. And this goes back to the conversation we've had a million you different times with, with Justin Herbert. Um, but I, I think Justin Herbert's just a really good player. And I think they have a fantastic coach and Brandon Staley. I think they have a pretty solid defense. We'll see. Um, surprise, surprise. Joey Bosa is hurt at the time that we're recording this on Thursday evening. He did not practice on Thursday, he did not practice on Wednesday either. Another guy on the injury report that is notable is Chris Harris Jr., who is one of their better corners. So they could Watch be without out. two of they could be without two of their best defensive players, and that 
is obviously meaningful going up against the Chiefs offense. But defensively, man, in a lot of ways, it's very different. But this is the type of team I would have no interest in playing right now. They've got a running back who excels in the passing game. Well, that's going to put a hell of a lot of pressure on your linebackers who can't cover right now. They've got two wide receivers that are beating up on everybody. Big Mike Williams, that dude is a terror on the NFL right now. He's having his best season of his NFL career, and he's huge. He's winning with timing now, which is not something we had seen from him previously. Don't love that matchup. Uh, Keenan Allen is amazing out of the slot, and he's quick, and he's got everything that you want when it comes to his route running. That's not something I'm all that interested in. And then they've got Jared Cook, who I understand everybody got their Jared Cook jokes. You guys interested in watching Jared Cook lined up one-on-one and Daniel Sorensen? Because I'm sure as hell not. So this is not an easy matchup whatsoever for the Chiefs defense. I think it's going to be another high-scoring game. I think you're going to see something like 35-31, 36-30, something like that. And it's, it's going to require a whole heck of a lot of scoring. If it doesn't, if the defense steps up, that is the statement that you're looking for, Ron, but I can't expect that because they've shown me nothing so far that would indicate that it's coming. Chiefs have given beautiful. up the second most tight end yards in the NFL this this year. So that Jared was all Cook, beautiful. Solid fantasy streamer. That was all beautiful. But I will what you said, all of it. So beautifully put. But I will still stand here and say if the Chiefs are the team that we think they are, and I think they're at least the second best team in the National Football League behind the champs the Bucs, this team comes into town after that loss you just had. They just put up 17 damn points against the Cowboys who've got injuries everywhere to the tune where they had to bring their middle linebacking rookie to play defensive end to give them a chance. By the way, Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons is a beast. Um, then the Chiefs defense and their offense should be able to handle. Like the, the Chargers are a decent football team. The Chiefs, as, as good as they are at home, they should blow this team away. I just This scenario, in my opinion, if they're as good as what we think they are, they should have a mindset and blow this team away. All right, let, let, let's jump into this now, uh, and we'll go into a little deeper as we like to play our little game when the Chiefs have the ball and when the Chargers have the ball. When the Chiefs have the ball, and I just said they should, play them, they should blow them away, BK, listen, I know some people here are going to get mad at me. They're going to write these mean things in the review to me. I'm just a nice, simple young man. Look, Pat Mahomes, I'm looking at you, Doug. (laughs) Listen, you're the best player in the NFL, in my opinion. You're the best quarterback in the NFL. You're the most talented quarterback that I've ever seen, and that includes Aaron Rodgers and Jeff George. Um, But you are – you're Armstrong. Everything you can do, and it's not just the talent – you actually have the mind that goes along with it. Can't make the, can't make some of the mistakes he made in that Ravens game. That interception that he threw is not the sole reason why they lost it, but up 11 at midfield, that interception gave them life and it, and it changed the game. And I had the, and I, I'm listening. I'm going to tell you, if you've not listened to me, Serta BK, I know you all, uh, we've worked together before. I hold the best players to high, high standards. And I believe Pat Mahomes has deserved that. He's the best player in the game, and he's got two all-time greats who are playing at high levels, and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have the same league, and he is still the best, and I don't think there's a damn conversation about it. But 
you can't make that. You can't make Jameis Winston type throws. Not when the game's on the line in the fourth quarter. That fadeaway, that interception roll around that he threw on third and twelve at midfield when a when a score puts the game at fourteen, just a field goal. A score puts the game at fourteen. It means the Ravens in the fourth quarter got to throw, 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 and they can't run, and they got to depend on Lamar to throw. I expect for him to under, understand time and score and to know I can't make that throw. He's better than that. He's the best in the game, so I got high expectations. And, BK, I know you watched it. There are other there are other points in the game where he just flushed his own self out of the pocket. It didn't allow routes to, to continue and potential big plays and ran. There were a couple of times – where he ran right into Niang or ran right into Orlando Brown's uh, pass rusher and just and just created pressure. Um, he's better than that. I have high expectations for him. I believe that Pat's going to come back facing Justin Herbert, and and I, and I remember what he said in the offseason. I, I I think he's going to come in and try to 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 show us the MVP Pat. But I I need to see that. Cannot have those mistakes against the Ravens. It's not just him. The defense and other stars on this team who we will get to have a have a bigger a bigger issue in this past game against the Ravens. But he can't make those mistakes because he's just too damn good. He can't make Jameis Winston Baker Mayfield mistakes. And I and I expect that he does. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's gonna have a really good game in this one. There there have been two defenses in Mahomes' history that have given him issues. And when I say issues, I don't mean made him look bad. I mean made him look a little bit more human. And it's the cover three defense that you see from Seattle. Typically that it's all over the yep. league now, but that's one that's given him some issues at times. Uh, he's been better uh, against it of late, but especially early on in his career, it took away the deep ball and he tried to take underneath. He gets a little antsy. He doesn't like playing for underneath and it became a little uh, problematic for him. The other is any defense that has a Bosa on it. So whether that be Joey or Nick, either of those two guys, they've given the Chiefs a ton of trouble in their career. If you're looking at what Joey Bosa has done, three sacks, seven quarterback hits in his four career games against Kansas City. Now, he was supposed to play six games against Kansas City because he tends to get hurt a lot. And right now, that is what the case for him once again. I have no idea if he's going to play in this game. If he doesn't, well, that takes away easily the best pass rusher on the Chargers front line. If he's not playing in this one, Lucas Niang and Orlando Brown Jr. should be dominant in their pass protection. There should be no issues with Patrick Mahomes having any sort of pressure against him, and it should be him being able to carve up this defense. But if Bose is out there, that's the number one thing that I would be concerned about as a Chiefs fan, especially when you're looking at Patrick Mahomes' performance. That guy is a game wrecker, and if you allow him to get to Mahomes and he starts making life difficult for him back there, that's how Mahomes ends up having – not a bad game, but for Mahomes, a mediocre one. No, I think I, I think it's a big one for Pat. And 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 I know I know there are gonna be some people like, what the hell are you talking? How can you put this on him? I just like I said, man, I got high expectations for him. And and he's better than some of the things that he did in that game. And he had some special things, but he's better than some of the things he did in that game. And I think what are you looking at me like that for, sir? Just, well, I think we could all agree though. If he didn't get rolled over the way he did, that's a completion by Patrick Mahomes. No, we 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 cannot. He just wasn't expecting. He wasn't expecting the defender to roll him over. He said as much in the post game press conference. I have full confidence he would have completed that pass if the defender didn't roll him over. It, it, it would have been a pass to you can you can have that full confidence. All right, time and score. 
right? Just man, he get he got he got six or seven yards on that. They're going for it, and I believe they're not going to stop them on a fourth and four or something like that. It could help put the game away. Instead, he gave great field position. He's just better than that. That throw, that decision at that time in the fourth quarter, up eleven. You just can't you can't have happen. That's like I said, that's Jameis Baker stuff. All right, I know you want to get to this, BK. This first two weeks of the season, and really many people don't look at the Mahomes interception. Many people look at the Clyde Edwards-Alaire fumble. But it ain't just the fumble that was bad. Clyde, these first two weeks, hey, man, you, you, you there may be some level of concern what the hell you're getting out of the running back position because this is a year where I think many Chiefs fans expected Clyde to really break out in a big way. Yeah, what the hell? Like what? What is this? What, what are we even watching here? Oh I don't. I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> like, you took a running back in the first round, and the number one reason why you took him in the first round is because, who boy, can you imagine a guy that broke the college football record for receptions by a running back in college? Man, imagine what Andy Reid's gonna do with him. This is Brian Westbrook 2.0. That's what we were told, right? Brian Westbrook, that's what we're going to see from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You know how many targets, not receptions, targets he got last week against the Baltimore Ravens defense? For one? Zero. Zero. Goose egg did not have a target in the entire game. He has three on the season. He has 30 yards receiving on the year. You took this guy because of what you were going to be able to do with him in the passing game. And so far this year, he has been a zero, a zero in the passing game for you. Well, the Cowboys running backs had more than 240 yards from scrimmage against the Chargers last week. Washington's running backs had more than 100 yards in week one against them. If Clyde Edwards-Alaire can't get going against this defense with these linebackers in coverage, well, then it ain't happening for him this year. And if it ain't happening for him this year, it was a wasted draft pick. And I hate saying that because I like Clyde. I was actually in favor of the pick. I normally hate running backs in the first round. This one made so much sense for the way that he was going to be utilized in Andy Reid's offense that I jumped on board with it. And I was like, you know what? Okay, I can I can listen to why they decided to go this route. Well, if you're not even getting the utilization, the usage, then that tells me a lot about what the offensive minds, and they've got some good ones in there, think about you as a player. He's had see, 30 touches this year. Get out of here, man. That ain't good enough. CBK is sort of – like, that's one of the things. I can't, I can't figure out if it's – or if it's the game plan and, and the play caller's involvement of him. Now watch him in the run game. I, some of it is, you know, I mean, we got to do something better up front. But, like, I just can't tell if it's, if it's more Clyde or more – the play call, what's around him, the guys in front of him. Now, when you talk about no targets, that, that's got to be the play caller and decisions that Pat's making as well when he's back there. Like, there's no screens for him. There's no any of that. But I just can't but, tell. But, if, but if, why? If but why, game. Ron? Because no, it, I don't this know. is Andy Reid. Like, if this was Adam Gase, I'm totally with you. I'm absolutely behind you because, like, Adam Gase has no history of doing anything right offensively except for when Peyton Manning's calling the plays and he has nothing to do with the offense. In which case, maybe he looks all right. But we're talking about Andy Reid. Andy Reid, of all coaches, to not utilize this guy in his passing game, that tells me there's something missing here. That tells yeah. me this is a Clyde issue because he's willing yeah. to use Daryl Williams in the passing game. He's willing to use Jarek McKinnon in the passing game. It's Clyde that's not being used. 
So that tells me that there's something missing with his his ability. And that is what's concerning to me. You you basically have Spencer Ware 2.0 right now, and you drafted him at the back end of the first round. Yeah, there's there's got to be something here that we're not seeing because it's not like they're taking Clyde off the field. Like, yeah, Daryl is getting a few more snaps here and there. But like Spencer Ware was utilized in the passing game. And even at the end for the Chiefs, basically that was his whole role was pass blocking and going out for passes occasionally. They just don't use Clyde that way at all. And it's not to say that Patrick Mahomes doesn't do it because he wants to throw downfield all the time. And it's a Pat thing, not an Andy thing, because we already saw him do it when they had Kareem Hunt here with Patrick Mahomes. And they created explosive plays by sending their running back on a wheel route or like a delayed route or something like that. And so we've seen the Andy Reid running back have a huge role in that capacity. Clyde just hasn't done it. And it doesn't make sense unless there's something we just don't understand. Like it reminds me of Derrick Henry just basically sitting for his two, first two years in Tennessee where we were like, but we know that guy's better. We know Clyde can catch passes, right? That's supposed to be the best part of his game. So why aren't they using him that way at all? I don't know. He's got to get used in this game. You talked about it last week. I think the Cowboys rushed for 198 yards, between, especially between Tony Pollard and, and Ezekiel Elliott. they got to do something in this game. He's got to show something. That offensive line's got to show show something. And, and Dallas team had their full complement of offensive linemen. They still had some injuries there. So you got to you got to see something. And I don't I don't know. I, I, that's a weapon that you would think they wanted to use. Is there something there? Because you said it earlier, and I'm gonna segue this to my third thing. McKinnon, what's it? What's that boy's name? Jared McKinnon. Jared McKinnon. Yeah, it's that stupid number. I don't like that number one the way it looks on him. I, I he needs to get a twenty number. But anyway, he caught a ball for 14 yards in the game, which oddly enough was the same amount of yards that Tyreek Hill had in the game. Tyreek Hill had 14 yards receiving in the game. Wow, that was a really good segue, Ron. If I could have nailed his name, that would have been big time, Steve. But he had 14 yards. That's unacceptable to me. I, I Listen, you have the best quarterback in the game. Do you all agree? Of course. The Chiefs yes. have the best quarterback. They've got the best play designer and caller. Hell, you could look up with the enemy and those and that crew. They man, they got the best offensive staff. You could argue in the NFL. Tyreek Hill is the most feared player outside a quarterback on offense, in my opinion, in the NFL. He can't be taken out of a game by the Ravens or any team. And if he's being taken out of the game, it it better be with a fight. He had. Four, four targets, four targets in a game where you're throwing the ball and it's close. Four, three catches for 14 yards and had one rush. Four touches and four targets. That's not good enough. Nope, can't take it. As you said, this ain't Adam Gase who's just throwing stuff up against the wall. And you say, well, man, if they take away Tyreek Hill. No, that's not, you can't accept it. I feel like they got to force it. This all of them, Pat, uh, uh, Andy, all of them. They got to force it. They got to get him in on screens, multiple. If he gets shut down, that young man better get shut down on nine to twelve targets, not four. So I, in this game coming up, we should even if the Chargers try to look at because 
Because if that works, right, everybody's going to look at this and say, well, hell, what the hell? The hell did they do? Well, let's just see if, the, if, if, if that's going to take Tyreek out the game. Now, everybody may not have the guys that the Ravens do, but you got Derwin James over there. That's going to take take him out the game. Hell, let's do it. That can't that 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 can't happen to Tyreek Hill. Too much speed. Too much other stuff around him. Too much. Uh, you got the best quarterback, best play designer, best play caller. Nope, can't happen. Four damn touches. That's 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 inexcusable to me. See, this is what I was worried about after week one, or before week one, really. Remember when we talked all offseason about the Chiefs' secondary options not named Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill? This is the type of thing that I was worried about because you're going to have games that go this way. And the offense, honestly, was mostly fine in this one. It wasn't perfect, but it was mostly fine. I thought McCole Hardman had a pretty solid game. I'll give credit where it's due. He had a pretty solid game. Eight targets, five receptions, 55 yards. Credit where it's due, he was solid. Demarcus Robinson made the most of his targets. Three catches, 45 yards. Byron Pringle had a huge, huge play. He stepped up in a big way. 65 yards and a touchdown in that one. If you had told me before the year that's the way that the secondary options were going to play when somebody was able to shut down Tyreek Hill, I'd be like, okay, maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe they don't need another weapon outside uh, the way that I would have expected. But moving forward, yeah, of course there's going to be teams that do what the Ravens did in that one. You're going to see this all the time. Everybody's going to go all out to try to take away at least one of, if not both of, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Now, that's much easier said than done. But when you have the outside corners that the Ravens do and you've got guys on the back end that are able to keep up going deep with them, you've got a shot. And I hear you, Ron. You want to get more targets than that. Man, the other guys were open. And so if you're going to leave the other guys open because you're putting so much effort to shutting down Tyreek Hill, yeah, I just got to trust that my other guys are going to be able to make plays in those spots. And they did for the most part in that game. Now, it ended up not being enough. And there was a bad play that was made by Patrick Mahomes. He shouldn't have made that throw in that spot. Andy Reid got conservative in the worst possible spot, and that ended up ruining that drive. And then he had one bad drive other than that in that fourth quarter. And that was the game. But overall... I expect teams to look at what the Ravens did to the Chiefs and say, we're doing the exact same thing. Because if you can find a way to take Tyreek Hill out of the game plan, you got to do it. And that's exactly what all these teams should be trying to do right now. Well, and a lot of teams are going to try to do that. A lot of teams are going to try to do that. I just don't think other teams are as, like, personnel-wise, even with injuries. Like, the Ravens are just very good at building rosters and finding guys that they know fit into their system. And they've always been really good at it. They've especially been good at it the last couple of years. Like I also think it was a curveball for the chiefs headed into the game because well, you played this game multiple times over the last several years. They always play you in man. They always blitz you. You always find a way to beat it. And then finally wink Martindale was like, probably against his will, probably kicking and screaming, started playing zone and double teaming Tyreek Hill. And then I think they only blitzed three or four times the entire game. And so there's no way the Chiefs could have been expecting that because the Ravens didn't change anything they did against them in the past couple of years, except for this game when they finally pulled off a win. But Steve, and by the way, what you're going to see against what you're going to see against the Rams is a lot more of what you saw last week. But Steve, or excuse me, the Chargers. Crap. Apologies. They, they can't be. They can't be mystified for four damn quarters. Like, yeah, all right, maybe maybe the first that. quarter. 
maybe the fourth first quarter, like, wow, man, they 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 surprised us. Oh, hell, hell, the half. They surprised us. We got to make an adjustment. My issue is, and I think you laid it out, Brandon. It it's it, it it worked out offensively, like you said. Robinson caught a touchdown. Hardman, you know, was there and was productive. Pringle was productive. You got and and, and obviously the best tight end in football. Real quick, I'm going to take a stop. If I hear a damn thing about George Kittle again in the same class of of Travis Kelsey, I'm going to jump off of. I'm not going to jump. I'm not going to hurt myself, but I'm gonna, I, but I'm going to lose my mind. It is not true. And eat some Travis ice cream. Or yes, yes. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the world, and it ain't close, in my opinion. That's not my opinion. He's the best tight end in the world, and it ain't close. But it can. So it worked out, right? They 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 were productive. But but you can't take yourself out of it. Like you can't you can't not get Tyreek involved. You can't just be comfortable with it. Like when I say force it, all right, they're going, they're playing off. They're not gonna let. Him, well, we're gonna run some wide receiver screens just to get the ball in his hand. We're gonna run more than one run run play. One more than one reverse. We're gonna do something to force his his the ball in his hands because if if it's one thing at the Ravens. They bracket so much coverage that, you know, hey, man, we've got a bunch of incompletes that we tried to get to them. We tried, that's one thing. But when you decide it yourself and stop putting the going that way towards him, that's where I had the issue with. I think those guys are going to be capable of doing stuff. But still, man, that weapon, like, I, he's so good that even if he is covered like that, he's going to go make plays. I watched him climb over two Houston Texans two years ago and catch a ball. That he has no business going up to go catch because he just out athleted whatever I'm trying to say everybody and jumped over two guys and caught the ball. You can't take him out of the game yourself personally with just having five touches. Hell, if they if they're doing somewhere with this, this Joker better go return punts or something because we got to get the ball in that dude's hands. You can't go four quarters. And if they were if they were confused by Wink Martindale, aka game show host name, like they like they. That's not enough. Not from you can't. They can't be confused for four quarters. As you yeah, said I, earlier, you're not Andy. You're not Adam Gates. That's Andy Dam Reed and Eric Bieniemy. They can put their heads together and say, "All right, this is our adjustment to how they're playing Tyreek Hill." Yeah, I, we just disagree on this one. I, I thought they had a great game plan for the most part in this one. Uh, I, th- I thought they did really well offensively, and then you got into the uh, the fo- the third quarter late with the interception, and on that drive, you. You were fine. You gave a pass to Tyreek Hill, and then boom, the next play, you end up getting intercepted. That oh, was a three-play drive. Hold on, BK. They did well offensively, but I'm saying to you, you're you're okay with a game with a game where it comes out where Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey have five have five touches, five targets, like five five opportunities to touch the ball. You're good with that. When you score 28 points offensively with 10 minutes to play in the third quarter. Yeah. It's really hard for me to argue with those results. You were awesome offensively in that one until the final 15, 20 minutes. And in those 15, 20 minutes, you had a total offensively of three, seven, 10 plays. So you had 10 plays to be able to get Tyree kill the ball. And you tried to get it to him on two of those plays the problem was you had a terrible interception. You had a fumble that just can't happen in that spot. And you had one drive that ended up stalling. And on that drive, you tried to get the ball to Tyreek Hill, and it was an incomplete pass on third and nine. So I, I just, 
I have a really hard time arguing with that when they were super productive. Now, I will say this, Ron. If you went into that game and McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle were completely ineffective and they just kept trying to go back to those guys, yeah, at that point, you got to switch it up, brother. Because in those spots, when your guys aren't stepping up, it becomes very clear, okay, it's time to force feed the ball to our two best guys, and those guys are Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But in that game, that wasn't happening. There are other guys, the tertiary pieces in the offense, were producing. So I got to give them credit. They stepped up. The problem was in the last three drives of the game, you had three plays, five plays, and four plays offensively. Yeah, that's not going to allow you opportunities very often to get Tyreek Hill a whole bunch of touches. Welcome back into Steve's Quantum Realm. Nah, I don't know if that's a good name. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. I'm trying to come up with things uh, to call this thing. I still have no idea what we're doing here. Okay, real quick. One fantasy sleeper that I absolutely love this week. I'm sorry, Chiefs fans. It's Chargers tight end Jared Cook. Listen, I understand that Cook's an older player. He's had a very up-and-down career, but over the back half of his career, he's had a lot more ups than downs for the most part. And through two games of the regular season, Jared Cook is the third most targeted player in this Chargers offense. Justin Herbert likes him. Austin Eckler's been very complimentary of him. They like him as a player, as a veteran who's going to contribute to their team. And it just so happens the Chiefs have given up the second most tight end yards in the NFL as a defense. So not only can they not stop the run, but they're struggling to guard tight ends. That's a product of having poor linebacker play. I know you don't want to start your Chargers against your Kansas City Chiefs, but sometimes that's a sacrifice you have to make in fantasy football. I think Jared Cook is going to have a very solid week. Let's get back to show and BK. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so all right, let's jump in here. When the Chiefs, uh, when the Chiefs are on uh, are on defense and the Chargers have the ball, 
Um, I think the, the big thing for me, fellas, is, man, Chris Jones, man, he's just he just has to show up. Like he he's got to show up. What he what he did, uh, what he did Sunday, that was just absolutely ridiculous. He just that he just wasn't good enough whatsoever, and uh, and he is a superstar in this league, and I believe one of the best players defensively in this league, and he just didn't impact a huge game. That's a big game. He did impact. The closest thing that he had to an impact play was on the two point conversion, and he had some some. Uh, a pressure and and forced Lamar to, to throw the ball before he wanted to. But, but, but other than that, he was a no-show. And he's too good and too valuable to the Chiefs to not make a play. We watched him against Cleveland not play his best, but he made a couple of plays that helped this Chiefs defense. This, this game, that can't happen for Chris Jones. I'm with you. I think this is going to be a big game for him. Um, there are some real opportunities for them to be able to take advantage of individual matchups. This is not a very good offensive line on the right side in particular for the Chargers. It's better. It's better than it's been in the past. And they've got Rashawn Slater on the left side. He's a stud at left tackle. Uh, they improved their center position. But on the right side, they're they're just okay. And you should be able to take advantage of that with Chris Jones. So I'm expecting a big one. That was the worst possible matchup for him, man. He's a defensive end, and he's trying to read in those zone reads, and he had no idea what to do. He was completely lost. So if you're Steve Spagnolo, something that I would have expected to happen in that game is some sort of adjustment. Once you see that he clearly is not effective in those zone read situations, you've got to move him, move him back inside. And so I blame a lot of what you saw last week from Chris Jones on the coaching, um, that's not something I do very often. I think Steve Spagnuolo is a pretty bright mind, but that's a game that he just he didn't have the right cues in place. In the past, we've seen some big-time games from Chris Jones against the Chargers. He has four and a half sacks in his career against them. I think you're going to see another big one here in this week. No, I, I it, you need to. I mean, he's, he's, just, he's just better than that, right? I mean, he's just – if we're talking what, – what is Pete saying crazy stuff about him being the, the – setting the sack record? Like, I mean, if he's going to do that, man, yeah. he can't no-show big games. That's that's just pathetic, to be honest with you. Everybody gets one game. Everybody gets one bad game. Last week was Chris Jones' bad game of the season. He could still be in the defensive player of the year conversation. We just got to have a big rebound. I would also add this. If you, if I were to tell you, hey, there's going to be one bad Chris Jones game on the schedule, not like a, not, not a mediocre one where you don't see him very often. No, a legitimately bad game on the schedule. I would probably have picked the Baltimore game. That's the worst possible matchup for him. You're going up against Lamar Jackson, who is an incredibly fast, elusive quarterback. Chris Jones is not a particularly fleet of foot defensive end. He's quick and agile for a, a tackle. He's not so much for a defensive end. And so you're going up against a team that is specifically reading you against the run, which he's not great at, and you've got a quarterback that's a bit, that has the ability to make you miss. That would have been the one that I would have picked even preseason that he would struggle in. I'm expecting a much better performance out of him in this game, and the pass rush has to be better in this one overall, Ron. I, mean, I said this a couple weeks ago. Um, this defense for it to work, especially the, the struggles they're having right now, 
Chris Jones has to be J.J. Watt-like from like a decade ago, Aaron Donald-esque, like he, Khalil Mack. Like he has to be that dominant up front to make up for a lot of the issues. And he just wasn't that because he's got to be special. Tyron Matthew impacted the game, obviously, in multiple stretches. Frank Clark is who Frank Clark is. Right. Like, I mean, I'm even trying to pound pound on Frank. He's just, you know, another he's an above average player, but he's he's a guy out there. He's not someone that you're coming out and say, hey, man, come, come pick it up. Come pick it. We got you. Like, I mean, he and he had two impact plays. He had a really nice t- t- tackle for loss on a run play. And then even his his pass rush that he forced a hold. I mean, it, I mean, he looked like a European soccer player that was flopping. Like he got in and got around him and threw his, and threw his body on the hole. Like I mean, he just you just can't expect him going into an expecting Frank Clark to be you know like all right that's all right, that's a bell cow for us who's going to go and make big plays. It's got to be Chris Jones, and we talked about Mahomes kind of playing playing having a better game against Chargers Sunday. Chris Jones has to because he is the to me he's the number one guy. He's the best player on that defense. Or at least the most that could have the most impact on that defense, and he no showed the game, and that ain't good enough. That ain't yeah. good enough, and 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 I look for him to step up and have a big game, a game that probably fits him better um, with with Justin Herbert, who's going to drop back and doesn't have the confusion of, of Lamar, but it, he's got to impact the game more than that. He does, and I expect him to in this one. I don't expect him to be significantly better against the run because that's just not his style, but this defense overall has to be. Um, they, they so far this year have not just the worst defense in the NFL against the run. This is actually the worst start by any Chiefs defense through two games against the run in franchise history. They have never been they worse through never. their first – I mean, you could look back to 2018. They've had some really bad ones. Uh, even 2019, they were not good against the run. Uh, you look back at some of these teams that they've had, it's been ugly. This is the worst. They've never had a worse start through two games against the run in franchise history. It's got to improve. And against the Chargers, they're not a team that runs it a whole lot. They're not a team that's going to lean heavily on a physical running game. You should look significantly better in this game than you have previously. And I, I just hope that they're able to come through with some big plays. This is one of the types of games, Ron, where I expect them to have TFLs and impact plays against the run. Find ways if you're Frank Clark or if you're Mike Dana or De- Derek Naughty. Let's get some impact plays from you guys because the first couple of weeks, they just have not shown up on film. Steve, are we just going to have to accept they're just not they're just not good. They're just not a good run defense. Like is that because well, they're they not a good run defense. And I'm but just they, but they I'm talking about never going to be. Yeah, they haven't been a good run defense. If we should be complaining about anybody, we should be complaining about Jaron Reed and his lack of performance because he said in his press conference this week, we're pissed off. We're upset. We're angry with how we've played so far. Well, Jaron, they brought you in to help the run defense, and through two games, BK just told us it's the worst run defense in franchise history. Can you think of a single moment through the first two games where Jaron Reed has stood out as a playmaker for this team? He's done absolutely nothing. So I feel like we need to put 
a little bit of this temper tantrum that we have towards the defense right now on Jaron Reed because he's done absolutely nothing. Frank Clark was also added to the Thursday afternoon late injury report with the Mm -hmm. hamstring injury. So we'll see how that goes the rest of the week. But I still believe this defense truly can't be this bad. Like they truly cannot be as bad as the 2018 Chiefs defense. There's just more what about specifically the run defense though? What about specifically the I run I mean, defense? honestly, I think I think they go into every week saying, well, as long as we don't give up 250 like we did to Lamar, we're fine. Uh, if we give that's, up, that's what give I'm up saying. One, like, one, 160 on the ground, we'll take that every day. As long as we don't give up 250, we don't really care what happens on the ground. I'm just going to say this. Willie Gay can't make that big of a difference. Like I, I, Like, I think he will help. But they got Frank back last week, and I think at this point, maybe you all may disagree, I think at this point Frank is better in the run game than he is as a pass rusher. But they got Frank back. They got Tyron Matthew back, their quarterback in the back end, and they still got ran through by some Taysan Williams, and and, and 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 Murray was in there just running through. Hell, they was about to bring Le'Veon off. They brought they brought forearm Freeman on, and they just said, you know what? We'll give you one carry. He got 31 yards. I mean, I mean, I just almost I, mean, I know it's week two, but should we just accept they just suck at running at, at stopping the run? And Willie Gay, a young kid, a second year guy, isn't gonna come in and be a savior to stop this. Well, they're gonna be bad. The, the 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 question is how bad? Because I do tend to agree with a lot of the the, the analysis that run defense doesn't matter. Uh, run defense doesn't matter too much, but it does matter. And if you can't stop it to the tune of six yards a carry, well, there's no reason for the opposition to throw it because if you're getting six yards six yards a pop, and there are fewer things that can go wrong on a run play than there are on a pass play then why would anybody pass it against you? And that's what's happening to the Chiefs right now. There are a few other things, just if you're looking for like explanations, not excuses, but explanations as to why we're here. You did go up against the two best running teams in the NFL. Cleveland's awesome. They've got a great offensive line and two of the 10 best running backs in the sport. The Baltimore Ravens have the most complex run scheme in the NFL, and they've got a quarterback that runs it differently than any uh, any other quarterback that I've ever seen, much less that's in the game right now. You look back to 2019 as a little bit of a template run. That defense was really bad against the run early on. And if you're looking for historical perspective, that's the one to look at. They gave up 200 yards on the ground against the Ravens that year in week three. They ended up giving up 185 yards on the ground the next week to the Lions. They gave up 180 on the ground the following week against the Colts. And then 192 the week after that against the Texans. And I'm pretty sure that was Carlos Hyde who carved them up on the ground. It was. They lost that game. No, he's good. And look, so, I, mean, well, I mean, there's some guys. Edron James is, is a Hall of Fame running back when they face the Colts. So, I mean, that's – I mean, you can understand some of that. But was, Carlos Hyde. No, this was 2019. This was two years was, ago, It man. was Marlon Mack was that running back in that game. <laughs> who who the hell was the Lions running back that year that carved him up? Was it Kyrion Johnson? The Kyrion oh, Johnson? God, it was. Yeah, it was. it was. Yeah, it absolutely oh. was. That was. I think that was his only 100-yard game of his career, maybe. Of his so, life. Yeah. Listen, that team ended up winning the Super Bowl. 
and it ended up getting fixed, and we can all remember when it turned, and that was after that Broncos game. Yeah, there was that Titans game mixed in where things got ugly once again, but the Chiefs found something that worked for them defensively. Some of it was scheme. Some of it was personnel. They decided to go with your guy, Mr. Nasty, at a middle linebacker. Uh, so th- there was a lot that changed for that team. And there's going to have to be a lot that changes for this Chiefs team defensively as well. And it's, it starts in this game, man. This is a really big one for them to be able to get things back on track in the run defense. Yeah, they let Austin Eckler run for 150. We got a real problem. But but when you talk about things needing to change, I know this this gets you hot on the collar. This, uh, this red zone defense that was supposed to be a point of emphasis for this team, they are giving up 100% of touchdowns. Every time, not a field goal. We don't see field goal kickers. They give up That's touchdowns good. every yeah. time. 100%. It's, it's, it's good. It's almost a, unbelievable that they're able to pull it off. So, I mean, that that part, they have they have talked about that all offseason. And it is, it is, it is worse than it was last year to start. I don't understand how this is even possible, Ron. If I no. told you, if I told you, you know what? I'm going to get in shape. I, I've got a wedding in three months. It's time for me to get in shape. And if I'm with you at all times, like I'm saying, Ron, I need you to hold me accountable because I'm trying to get in shape. I want to be in the best shape of my life for, for my wedding. And that is my stated mission over the next 90 days. And then you're with me at all times. You're like, yo, are, are you like walking or running or anything? Because all I see you doing is eating dessert. You're eating pizza for every meal. I see you eating a fourth meal late night with Taco Bell. Like, I don't understand what's going on here. You told me you're trying to get in shape. And now suddenly all you're doing is everything you would do to not get in shape. Well, yeah, then you should be critical of me because I stated a goal. I stated a mission and I'm doing everything other than what I should be doing to get to that mission. Well, that's what the Chiefs are doing right now. They in their last 53 trips into the red zone, opposing offenses, 53 trips, have allowed 42 touchdowns, 42 in their last 53 trips. So far this year, every single time (laughs) an opposing team has gotten inside of the 20, they scored a touchdown. They don't even need a kicker. They look at their kicker and say, yo, you got the rest of this drive off because we're not stopping. We're going to go ahead and score a touchdown here. I don't understand it, man. It's not just bad. This is inept. It's impossible. It should not be this bad for anybody. I don't understand it. And the worst part about it, fellas, is you don't feel like they've got a chance to stop them. Like when it happens, when you're watching it, like it's not like a they've gotten themselves down to a third down or something. They've gotten themselves down where it's like, okay, man, they might not. No, man, it looks like they're going to get in. They're playing Canadian like football. They don't even need third down. It's just first and second. No, nope. We're playing yeah. Canadian football out here. No, late in the game, it's just like, just let them score. Just late. So we can get more Lamar got out there. It's like, nope, they're not stopping him. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter what the hell they run. They're not stopping him. I mean, and, and they're easy scores. That's so that that has to improve. That has to improve. And you know, really where it all goes down to is I I, I don't know about you, and we'll get to imposter and certify the game that's sweeping the nation. I'm at a crossroads with uh, crossroads. Yeah, I'm at a crossroads with Steve Spagnola. Uh, First off, everything he's doing in his, he's got this, I I hate to say it, this Bob Sutton in him, this I'm not going to make a damn adjustment to save my life as as he's going right now. 
But what he came out and had to say about why Juan Thornhill is not getting play over Dan Sorenston, and, 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 or at least not splitting it, 11 snaps, 11 snaps for Juan in that game against the Ravens. And, look, I can even, I can even go in my mind and say, all right, Man, they're going to run the ball. We want the bigger Dan Sorson in the game to be up there to play around the line of scrimmage, and he's a better tackler, more imposing, a better like, – I, I, I can force myself. But he said in the presser that the only reason why we would make a move in the lineup is if somebody's, somebody's not playing well. Well, hell, Dan Sorson's leading the league in missed tackles. He missed, he missed so many tackles in that damn game against the Ravens. I mean, I got tired of it. And so what would get Juan in? And what did Juan do against the Browns to not get more play? Seemed like he played a really good game against the Browns. You thought that would have got him in the game. So his explanation about Juan Thornhill and not making any adjustments, like I'm I'm, I'm about at it with, with Steve Spagnuolo. So he had another quote today that it was just confusing to me. He said, Quote, Juan Thornhill's had spurts of good football. He just needs to earn his way back. Now, I get that, and I thought that was the explanation coming into camp, right? He needed to put good film on tape, and that's why he was playing so much in the preseason, and that's why he was playing a little bit with the twos and the threes in training camp. I was confused by it. I didn't agree with the decision, but okay, if you're going to be hard-nosed about it and he's coming back from this ACL injury, he's still trying to gain his confidence back. I can see, I can understand it, I guess, to a degree. But once the regular season comes around, we're, we'll go. And then last week, he played really well, I thought, or two weeks ago now, in the absence of Tyron Matthew. He made a couple of big-time plays. It looks like he had his confidence back. I, I thought we were watching the, the same old or close to the same old Juan Thornhill again. And then last week, he was outsnapped by Rashad Fenton and Mike Hughes. That doesn't make any sense. He had 11 snaps in that game, Ron. Juan Thornhill is going to make mistakes. There are going to be things that he leaves a little bit to be desired. He's going to miss some tackles. He's going to take some bad angles. That's part of the Juan Thornhill experience. He's also going to make some big-time plays where he prevents a big play over the middle. He comes up with a great pick because he has unbelievable ball skills. He's going to track a deep ball because he has speed to burn going deep, and he can cover guys that a lot of dudes just can't keep up with. So Juan Thornhill covers up some mistakes for your defense. And I guess my question about that quote from Steve Spagnuolo is this. How does he earn his way back if he's not getting on the field? Because when you're a number two at practice – you don't get reps. Like during the week, there is so few reps to go around that you're not actually participating really in practice typically. A lot of the time, those guys are on the scout team. So they're more likely to earn their way back for the LA Chargers defense this week than they are for Steve Spagnolo's defense. I just don't understand it, man. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's not like the guy in front of him is playing well. He's not. He leads the league in missed tackles. And it's not like when he got his opportunity, he performed poorly. He didn't. He made two potential game-changing plays. So this is, it, it's it's befuddling to me. I don't understand it at all. And their explanation of it just makes me even more curious than what I previously was, even just by watching the games. I like Dan, but Dan's not doing anything to keep somebody off the field. I'll tell you that much. He's not doing anything to keep someone off the field. All right, he let's, got us let's back in the last game. He was the only person to do that. Shut up. Yeah, he had a sack, and he missed 1,100 11, tackles as well. <laughs> uh, 
I still want to know who messed that up on the back end on that that Hollywood Brown touchdown. I, I I don't know. I feel like a sneaky sneaky thought that says Dan had something to do with that. All right, let's 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 finish this off with the uh, the game that sweeping the nation. Certified or imposter? You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. I'm going to go with Byron Pringle this week. He had two receptions, but two big catches for 65 yards, one touchdown, one uh, long touchdown where he uh, he caught a ball and took it to the house. I'm going to throw it to you fellas first. Byron Pringle, certified or imposter? Serta, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I mean, he's Not all at once, fellas. He's an imposter. Say? He is certified in the fact that He's got a Pringles endorsement now, and we actually had a sit down with him earlier this week on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. So if you'd like to listen to us talk with Byron Pringle about his Pringles endorsement, you can do that on our channel. But as far as being an NFL wide receiver, I'm sorry, Byron, I'm going to have to call you an imposter. When we're doing this, Ron, I just want to know the qualifications like. Are we saying relative to your typical? Explain your qualifications. I'm not putting you in the box. I, I, I see. I, it doesn't really feel fair to call Byron an imposter because Byron doesn't really have any business being in this game, anyways, in my opinion. So, like, I think Byron Pringle is a perfectly adequate number four NFL wide receiver. I, if that makes him certified for this game, then I'll be damned. This dude is super certified. But if you're asking me, is Byron Pringle, does he, is he like a plus number two receiver? No, of course not. So in that case, he's an imposter. Um, I, I, I'm i going to go imposter just because I think he has received so much hype since he's a K-State guy. And there, there's a lot of people yes. that are fans of his that are local. And I totally get that. Like I'm a Mizzou guy. When, Nick, when they drafted Nick Bolton, I was super excited because I love Nick Bolton. And if you're a K-State fan, you just want to watch your guy go out there and cook. I get it. I got no issues with that. But he's a he's a solid number four option at wide receiver. And so relative to some of the hype that he gets, he ain't a starter. And I'll go ahead and go with an imposter. He's an imposter. He's a nice guy, nice player. I mean, listen, I mean, the, the Ravens just said to hell with him. They didn't even give a damn. They just completely cut him loose with no one covering him. Now, he's shown he can take a ball where no one's around him, catch it, and take it to the house and and, and, and was able to shake one guy and get and get home for a touch. But, no, nah, man, that, that man's an imposter. And I, and I, I can't agree – I can't agree more with you, BK. The K-State thing, boy, I mean, people feel like, oh, my God, that is it. That, listen, man, he's he, he's doing what he should be doing, coming in, and then everyone forgets about his ass. And, oh, look, I mean, he didn't – I mean, he could have – he didn't – there was not even a route he needed to run on that play. I mean, that guy just went, just walked right past him and said, oh, damn, there he is. He, he's good with, with the ball in his hands. He do, he is he does have some wiggle to him. He's got some speed. I will give credit where it is due, man. He he does have some moves. So he he makes some plays when he's got the ball in his hands. But um, he's he's just a solid player. He's just he's a, a solid certified. Player. He's a certified special teamer. Certified special teamer. All right, what's your predictions? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, Chiefs. They win. Uh, I'm going to keep doing this. 35-20. I'm going to go 35-20 in this game. They win. 
I'm going to go Chiefs. I think they win this one. I'll go 37-31. I think it's high scoring. I think it ends mm-hmm. up being a little close. I, I I think this is going to be closer than people are hoping for. The Chargers are a really good team, man. They're they're coming. They're, they're coming. Uh, keep an eye on them. 37-31. I've got the Chiefs. I think it's going to be Chiefs 38, Chargers 27. Uh, they're, the injuries that they're dealing with on defense and, and the – Lack of push up front that their defensive line's getting right now, I think, is going to wind up hurting them in this game. And they've been struggling to score points. They've been putting up a lot of yards, but they haven't been finishing drives. So yeah, they had two touchdowns called back last week, but we'll see. Maybe By the way, one last thing to uh, to add: they are thirty first right now in red zone offense. If they score a bunch in the red zone, boy, oh boy, we got some issues with this defense, gentlemen. Yeah, they won't be thirty first after Sunday. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> We'll see what happens there. All right. Um, that's a show. That I'm show. That's BK. That's Serta. Keep listening to uh, all Arrowhead podcast, all Arrowhead Pride podcasts across the network. I know they got the, uh, we got us Friday morning. What else we got, Steve? We got Pete Sweeney's punk ass. I'm sorry. That was <laughs> We can edit um, Immediately following the game on Sunday, I will be sitting down with Rocky Magana for the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. So you can find that on our YouTube page, Twitter page, or Facebook. Pete Sweeney will probably swing by. We'll have the post-game press conferences and immediate reaction to the Chiefs and Chargers game. Hopefully a uh, Chiefs win. Another one in the books, boys. We are out.